Welcome to Calibre Audio's Book of the Month podcast. I'm Emma and I'm joined by my colleagues Anise. Hi. And today we're discussing The Upper World by Femi Fadugba. The synopsis of the book begins, if you had the chance to change your future, would you take it? Esso is a teenager running out of time and into trouble. When he discovers he has the ability to see glimpses of the future, he becomes haunted by a vision of a bullet fired in an alleyway and devastating consequences. A generation later, 15-year-old Rhea is desperately searching for answers. A catastrophic moment from the past holds the key to understanding the parents she never got to meet. When Esso and Rhea's fates collide, a race against the clock becomes a race against time itself. So this is really a story combining the everyday lives of young people growing up in Peckham in South London with physics, maths and time travel and tackling a host of other themes along the way. Now, before we start, I should point out that Denise and I are not the intended audience of this book as it's aimed at young adults and has characters from culturally different backgrounds. But that doesn't mean we can't read it and learn from it, too. So where better to start the discussion than the beginning of the book, which opens with a letter to Esso from Blaise Adenon's notebook, who we later discover is Esso's father. Now, this is where we first encounter um, the first reference to the upper world. And it's Blaise telling Esso about how the philosopher Socrates believed in the upper world and what he thought it was. I have to say, this caused me to immediately look this up. And it was the first of many instances where I added to my education and understanding of things in this book. Um, In terms of the book, Esso actually describes the upper world as a place where the thread of human consciousness stitched into the fabric of space and time. It's a world where understanding the mathematics of reality could let you see it, all of it, your whole life laid out in front of you from start to finish. It was where space, time, energy, and physics came from. So what happens is Esso has an accident that opens the possibility of the upper world to him. And he then believes he can go back in time to change an incident from his teenage years, and so changing Rhea's mum's fate in the process. And what happens is he needs Rhea to help unlock the whole upper world for him again, which is how they then meet up years later. Now, I don't know how you felt about this, Denise, but I was initially a bit bamboozled by this, particularly um, as the action then went straight into a maths lesson and science and maths are not my strongest subjects. (laughs) But the more the story unfolded, the more I began to sort of understand the concept. Um, And now I can't claim that that parts of it didn't go over my head. Um, That in no way hampered my enjoyment of it. And I'm not sure. Did you did you? How did you find the maths and science aspects of it? Were you okay with them? Uh, like you say, at the beginning, uh, you get quite a bit of it. And it's like, okay, this is interesting. And, you, and it refers you to um, an appendix at the back and it gives you all the, you know, equations and the diagrams and everything. But I think the important thing to say is it really doesn't, you know, mar your enjoyment of the book because, you know, you can you can let that drift over your head and it's still a brilliant book. So I, I, I did quite like it at the beginning, but I didn't get too worried about it and feel I had to really understand because I don't think I did at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but it didn't matter because it's such a, you know, a, a great driven story where there's so much action and the tension 
from chapter to chapter, you know, you just want to you just want to see what's going to happen next. And the added tension comes from the fact that the chapters are narrated alternately between Rhea, 15 years ahead from now, and uh, Esso, who was in 2022. So you can come to a, a bit of a cliffhanger with Rio now, but you have to wait another chapter before you find what's happening. So it really racks up the tension and it, it was great. I really enjoyed it. So even if you, you think, oh, it's not for me, there's all this maths and science, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter because there's it's so much more than that. But for anyone who is interested in the maths and science, then, yeah, you know, enjoy that aspect as well. It's interesting you say that about the the sort of characters and the chapters jumping back and forth, because you really get a sense of that as well, because I happen to, I read the book, but I also listened to the audio book, um, and that's quite powerful with the the voices. Um, and you really, it, it, where you're saying the sort of tension and drama builds, it really flows along, um, and you really get the impact of that through the audio. It's brilliantly narrated too. Um, so that's yeah, that's a, a, a just. I think that the um, I think almost as well. I found it a little bit easier to follow the technical terms of it, listening to it weirdly, um, which is unusual for me because normally I, I think I'm more of a where I, I read, I absorb it better. But interestingly, in this way, I actually the characters brought it to life a bit more. So it was, it, it was almost like being taught it in a in a class. So I, I kind of um, yeah, that that helped. I think because I've already read it as well, and I then listen to it, it re-established, we sort of established it in my head. So that was really great. Um, I think along, what's interesting as well is along with the maths and sciences references is we've also got the uh, people that actually existed. Um, so we've, we've got references to Socrates and Einstein and Pythagoras theorem. Um, interestingly, in maths, I seem to remember Pythagoras theorem was the, the only one I ever really understood. <laughs> so that was really good to, to relive that as well. Um, but these what i'm not quite sure what the author's intention were of including them other than the fact that it obviously it really helps explain i think the world of the space and time that that ria and so were investigating so i think it just opened up you know the science and maths behind it and it also made you uh, what i loved about it um is that it made you kind of want to go along and and find out more about it so you know after so much of this book i'd i'd pause and look things up um which is you know i do that some quite a lot of the time with books i'll do it afterwards but i've never really done it i think during reading a book um and that helped so much. And it was just really interesting. It just expanded my my horizons massively. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was that was great um, in that respect, too. Yeah, I think it, it brought a lot to it. And again, I think for people who, you know, it's it will have sparked an interest in those philosophers and all the other themes that go through the book to go away and find out some more. And I mean, for me, as you mentioned at the beginning, the first thing I had to really tackle was the slang and you know urban dictionary was by my side and i think probably listening to it brings that added dimension because i could read that book but i don't know what the cadence of the you know of the of the talk is and uh, you listen to it and, and it's coming at you and, and i think it's more understandable even if you don't understand the words themselves so i think listening to it, it is adds that extra dimension and and makes it a, a bigger better rounded 
experience, I suppose, of the book. Yeah, it it actually does. Um, because even as I've read them and I, you know, like you, I'd read, uh, I looked them up beside me as well. But again, that once you've looked them up, it really does. Um, once you understand them, it makes such it makes a story unfold and it makes the story make make a lot more sense as well. And the, but the hearing them spoken, it just puts a more, lot more emphasis on it and you, you really get get a feel for it. Um, there's a lot of I mean, there's so many themes in this book, you know, there's so much to talk about. Um, and one of the big things is the I think the the concept of time in the novel is obviously really important, but for many different reasons. So, you know, we're obviously in a story where you're in the present, um, but you're looking into the, the sort of basically the upper world is past, present and future. Um, you've got the time travel aspects of it and whether you can actually go back in time to, to change and affect course of history. Um, you've got the description of time dilation as well. Um, so the, the, this time dilation, which they focus on in, in the book as well, this um, is described as the fact that the faster something moves in everyday 3D space, the slower it moves through time. So you've got that kind of explanation going on. That that comes quite a big part in the story. But the other thing also, I think, is, is not just time. It's time in the sense um, of the characters being able to stop and think about actions and consequences and what happens due to the other sort of part of the story. Um, so the... The, the main the other main part of the story focuses on sort of gang behavior which you know so in a, in a fantastically bad day you know becomes a sort of has a accident um gets sort of transported into the upper world as it were and then finds himself in the middle of a, a gang feud really um I wonder I don't know how you felt but how much of Esso's situation and it kind of I guess this mirrors in life really as well but how much of the situation is is down to just simply being in the wrong place at the wrong time um yeah i think that's very much the case with him i mean he's he's quite a easygoing sort of guy you know he has his friday nights in with his mum watching you know netflix or whatever fish and chip supper <laughs> yeah fish and chip supper but Really, he's dragged into it, yes, because he's in the wrong place at the at the wrong time, and also because I mean he he's not involved in gangs at all, and he has no affiliations, but he has personal ties with two gangs, two sets of people that go back to where he was brought up, knowing somebody's mother, going to school with somebody. So, you know, he's very much piggy in the middle. And, and, and that's his big problem as well, that, you know, through doing nothing, he, he's he's in trouble straight away. And then he, he witnesses an event early on that then leads to this feud. So, so yes, very much wrong place at the wrong time. Um, yeah. And, and it seems that you get to a situation where the choice is to apologise for something or seem to be being weak um, or, you know, sticking your neck out or don't, you know, do you step down? Do you take the consequences which are a beating or worse? And where does it end? You know, it, it's all about it escalates quite quickly. And again, bringing in the time scene, it's about thinking before you act because it's very sort of high octane action that you know you don't have time to think and and you know you do things that then escalate but it was very well 
written and drawn out. You, you, you very much felt part of the action and, and the feelings that the different characters were experiencing. Because you get a bit of a sense, I sort of felt as well that you get a bit of a sense of, um, you know, I guess lack of opportunities and, and just general misunderstandings contribute to this escalation of, um, I guess, sort of just not not knowing what else to do, is it? It's, it's that sort of, you just get involved in things because there isn't anything else and that just becomes part of the culture. Um, and yeah, that, that really came across. And what I found in talking about sort of the the characters as they are um and you've got Nadia who you later find out is, is Ria's mum um she's really trying to change she's, she's kind of paving the way for change isn't it she in a way as is Esso um but but Nadia you get a real feel what doesn't want what she's got you know she wants to do better she wants to sort of um come out of herself and and sort of achieve really um and and that's that that becomes quite a strong then reflection on Rhea so when we meet Rhea later and I got I was quite um I guess I was quite quite sort of jealous in her in a way just only because not of her background and, and situation because obviously you know she, she grew up in foster care in that way and, and she hasn't again had the opportunities but she's you know she's brilliant at football she's really strong-willed she's a great character she's really feisty um sort of fights for what she wants um but very level-headed and so intelligent you know she grasped <laughs> she grasped the maths and science of things that I just wouldn't have been able to in in you know month of Sundays and it was that she just felt like a really fresh feisty um great example of, of a um young sort of female trying to pave the way really and, and do different things and yeah I really liked her. Yeah and I like the um, strong female characters because you've got um, Esso's mum like you say you've got Nadja who's smart who works hard and then you've got Rhea who is amazing at all sorts of things so it's lovely to see the strong female characters and and also I mean I'm, I know there's a lot of science and, and uh, philosophy in the book but there's, like I said before, there's a lot of action. Plus, you know, there's a real emotional story in there as well. And, you know, a big part of it is Rhea being in care, her relationship with her foster parents and her sister, Olivia, who is her foster sister. And, you know, you get a lot of um, emotion around that whole uh, part of the book and, and the characters and how they interact in that way and you know it's not just all action science but there's also the personal emotional side which comes across very well all in in that mix which made it a you know really a great book I thought. Yeah it's um I think the, the that's one of the things about the, the characters are so strong aren't they they really jump out and, and again through the audio book you, you sort of uh, your imagination creates a picture but then in the audio book it really gives them a, a voice too um which which so they really came alive for me in that too um just one of the other themes i think which is a big big a really big one in there um is that the it's kind of the free will versus fate debate so are there forces beyond our control really that predict our future um and there's a really nice quote in the book actually where Rhea um is, is kind of going to a, a therapy session and her therapist says life is like a game of cards the hand you're dealt is fate the way you choose to play them is free will 
and that really resonated with me I was that I you know I was thinking about that for ages afterwards and that's one of the the lasting things that the book left with me really um because that's such a debate isn't it it's such mm. a is, is it free will it, is it fate what what is do we know you know are we every day are we um death, creating our own future mm. or is it already predetermined for us you know do we is there something else out there that that we don't know of that actually has all of every single moment of our life mapped out mm. um yeah and I say yeah, same yeah and you know this like you say free will versus fate you know virtually everything that happens everything we do has a consequence and and you can see that and fate conspires to put you in a situation but free will determines what you'll do and how you will respond in that situation and it's just key to everything pretty much that happens in the book it's a really strong theme throughout I think I'm, I'm not actually and as well I think it, it made me think about it I think I've thought about it before but um and I'm not sure I've got a conclusion on it even really I was, it just made me um assess the different scenarios and I think yeah I'm not entirely sure if I if I believe whether it we're all heading to a fate that is already mapped out for us or or whether I can you know I can actually change things myself it's it's really interesting and I think I'd you know I think that debate will go on to the end of time won't it really um probably going towards I'm not a big believer in fate and obviously you are not free will doesn't mean you can change everything about you because you are in a set situation but the choices you make will then pan out in a certain way you know so I, I'm not a big believer in fate <laughs> my that's one of my aunt's favorite saying is um you know it's fate <laughs> so okay. she definitely believes in fate um but in on the back of that actually it was interesting I thought well you know where is this sort of brilliant idea come from who is the the you know the, the maker behind this so I, we sort of looked up the author um just to see what what uh, Femi's background was really um, and interestingly so he was born in Togo during a civil war and spent his childhood in America but moved to England at the age of nine so I love this story so he was encouraged by his school's caretaker to pursue a career in physics because the caretaker at the age of 11 gave him the book called Quantum Physics for Dummies and that generated his interest and that's that's it you know that's the whole of his I wonder whether he would think that was fate or you know whether it was predestined for him yeah. as well but that yeah that, I just thought that was brilliant so that then took him on to him completing a master's degree um, in material science at University of Ox Oxford and then his third year project in that um, he specialised in quantum computing so what I loved about this as well, so in looking at some of the background about why he's written this book and, the, you know, the inspiration behind it, I found a Guardian newspaper interview and he said that he was motivated to write The Upper World because his friends had become increasingly curious about, you know, about physics in general. And Femi couldn't actually find a book to explain it to them. So, so what he did was um, he set out to do what the author Tony Morrison had asked of anyone frustrated by the lack of diverse stories in literature. So she said, if there's a book that you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. 
and that's what he did so he went on to to write the upper world um because yeah he basically couldn't find a book that would explain to, to his satisfaction um so, and something that his friends would really enjoy as well and and get so um yeah i just i love that i thought that was brilliant um yeah brilliant bit of background really for, for that and it's done in really you know the, the actual um publicity around the upper world has been huge and in recent just in match in this this month um in april it was chosen as one of the world book nights to give out but world book night books to give out um so that that was huge and also i believe it's been picked up by netflix to make into a film so you know that's that's still in production but i don't know how you feel but i think it's just going to be magical on screen i think it will work really well i'm really intrigued to see how they get it onto the screen you know that the effects and yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing that for sure the the thing I found interesting as well going back to time um so you've got the action taking place now 2022 and then in 2035 and I mean on the page the 2035 doesn't look all that different. It sounds very, very familiar, even though it's 15 years ahead and things are changing faster and faster. So, again, I'd be interested to see what they do in the film. But there are little clues that things have changed, like there are a lot of drones. The police use drones a lot. They can track people. They can track Rhea, who's in care, so that she doesn't get too close to Esso. Um, so, you know, they send in a squad when they realise that she's right next to, you know, she meets up with him. You've got, you've still got buses, which was nice to hear. Public transport is still there, except there were, I think there was a hoverboard somewhere, which I suppose is the next step on from scooters. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it, I'd be interested to see how different they make it in the film but there are definite clues that things are different. Yeah, it was just it was just little nods, wasn't it, to, yeah. to sort of extra technology, which um, you you almost sort of blink and you miss it, but then you realise it's and they're really really clever. And there's I think there's the um, virtual reality type eye sets, aren't there as well? Yes. Which are, yeah, yeah which, um, I think Google started something to do with lenses, didn't they? Long time oh, ago, right? And yeah, it's, it's that sort of you know has been developed even further when she's playing the football and uh, it's analysing the angle she needs to hit the ball at to get the goal, um, which was interesting. So, yeah, there are little clues of how different it will be or is in the book anyway. I think overall, for, for me, um, I one of the big things that I really liked about this book was not only the enjoyment just of the, you know, I thought the story was just really well laid out and that how the two sort of worlds collide really with the, the science fiction and time travel and then the, the real, um, you know, really heavy presence of the, the everyday sort of life for, for kids in South London, in Peckham as well, um, and what they're faced with and the, the choices they have. Um, but I thought it was it was just to me it was I love I love a book that teaches me something and it was it was educational um but not not in a sort of preachy way but it just made you curious you know it made you it made you want to go and find out the the more about the the different people that even he that mentioned in the book as well um and for me I think the best way I can describe it I sort of felt like it was the literary equivalent of what 
Brian Cox does for me on TV when he's explaining space and the universe. Um, so in short, he just makes it accessible, which is what I felt this for, for me. And considering in maths and science wasn't my greatest subjects, um, it's one of the greatest accolades I can give, really, that, you know, I've been able to read something and really enjoy it from those those subjects. Um, it just I think and I, I wonder if that's a big part really of what the author is doing um in just taking maths and science and showing everyone that it's accessible no matter what your background really and that you know everyone can can grasp it um so yeah I, I just that that was the lasting sort of impression I think it had on me I think I'm I'm the other side of the coin yeah it was it was interesting um and I do have a background in science so for some reason, that made me less interested in that. Though I was interested in the philosophers. But for me, it was the pace of the story, the action, um, the characters and their relationships. And, yeah, the emotional side was in there as well. And, and it was really heartrending. You know, when when um, Rhea has a meeting with her step-parents where they tell her, and they'd said, you know, this was for life. And then they tell her, we're moving away, we're taking Olivia with us. Now, I know this is a spoiler, but hopefully, you know, people will come in to this having read the book. Um, but, you know, that was horrendous. And it really, it was a, a really heart-wrenching moment. So it, it had everything, really. You know, I think a lot of people would enjoy it for lots of different reasons. So I think that's a really good place to leave it then. So um, basically, in, in a nutshell, if you want to expand your horizons, then the upper world is for you. And if you don't want to expand your horizons, then read it anyway, as you'll definitely learn something new. Um, and like all the books featured in our Book of the Month podcast, it is available in Calibre's collection for you to borrow. So we hope we've tempted you into trying the upper world. And we're going to say that's a goodbye from us until next time. So goodbye. Bye. And we hope you've enjoyed listening.